Hey, y'all, this is Mallory Irvin, and it's time for all of us to live fully. It's so important in this crazy world of ours that we stay connected, inspired, and motivated to be and do our best, and that's not always easy. I'm here with my guests and friends to share the stories and lessons we've learned to help you live your best life every day and truly begin living fully. Let's make it happen and get started with today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Living Fully Podcast. Guys, today's episode is one for the books. I couldn't be more ecstatic to bring you the one and only Vivica A. Fox. You're going to learn more about why she goes by that name. You may know Vivica from her role in Independence Day. Maybe you've seen her on Empire or maybe from her former soap opera days. So she's an actress and producer and now an author and podcast host. Whatever she puts her hands on, it somehow turns to gold. Literally everything. We're going to talk about that today. Her book, Every Damn Hustling, is sure to be a summer favorite of yours or a fall favorite of yours whenever you're listening to this. And in my conversation with Vivica, we cover everything from when she was a judge during my time competing in Miss America, what it means to nurture yourself before getting into a relationship, how to persevere after a disappointing outcome, and we also touch on the important conversation around the current racial climate. Vivica is a spitfire. And she had so much wisdom to drop through these hilarious stories and real life experience. And I literally haven't laughed this much in a conversation in a long time because it was just super fun. So I can't wait for you to hear this one. And we also, like I said, touch on some really important topics as well. So without further ado, Vivica A. Fox. Okay, so this isn't the first time that we've met. You're not going to remember it, but I, I do. Because I was, um, so I was like prepping for, uh, I, I, was, I was reading your book and doing the, looking at the podcast and everything that you've done between now and Miss America in 2010, which I was in. I was a runner-up. So um, I know you judged like 50-something of us, but I was like, I already know her middle name and where she's from and how many siblings she has because I studied it all back then. So it was uh, it was just a funny little blast. Yo, wait a minute, quick question. You studied the judges? Oh yeah, oh yeah, I did. I when I read your book, I was like, you were I your like hustle. It uh-huh. all like your hustle. It reminded me of of me because like I studied you guys so <gasps> intently just so that I could know, you know. I mean, you guys were taking the time to judge us and right. as like real celebrities, and you know, I, I just felt like I wanted to know everything about every single one of you. So Good for you, now you know what? Yeah. See, that's doing your homework. That was I know you wrote and about that in the book. I know, and a lot of people, you know, that see that gave you that just that extra little edge that the other chicks didn't okay. have. That when you either wanted to make eye contact with somebody or you could feel the room, it helped. So good girl. Well, thank you, thank you. So you started my interview. Um, at Miss America with a compliment too. And of course you started this one with one. You So I walked into the room, Vivica, and you have to, so my outfit looked like the outfit you're wearing on the cover of your book, the Everyday I'm a Hustling book. The, um, the black, almost the long sleeve. It was like a long sleeve, like, you know, like men's jacket type of deal. Yes. 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 So I walked in and you looked me up and down and you said, well, you are very physically fit. And I was like, 
<laughs> because I had worked my tail off and like to walk in there and for you were sitting front and center and like I already knew I was gonna like love you and for you to start it with that I was like Woo! Yes. yes, I'm yeah. in there. Now you, you, you're Miss, you were Miss Kentucky, Kentucky, yes. Midwest girl. Yes. See, yes. that's why I like you. Cause you know, I'm from Indiana. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Cool. Um, and then I was, I was runner up. I, I was, I, um, I was fourth <gasps> runner up. So I don't know you, I know you probably don't remember, but I just had to tell you that because so many things you talk about in the book about like the doing your homework and treating people with respect and humility and all that stuff. Like you embody that to me during that interview and I will never forget that so oh my goodness really well I'm glad you have good memories of me yes I and I appreciate you saying that but someone told me like in the interview process that she someone was like you know they're looking for a, a winner a title holder a person to hold this job like they want you to be good they want to like you that's why they're entering being interviewing these people so I kind of thought of that and it reminded me of you talk so much in the book about like you know, you went audition after audition. So you talk about that and like how you can remember the ones that would give you the nice, like, how was your name? And then mm-hmm. the ones that like- Didn't even make eye contact. Didn't make eye contact. Yeah. Like, I, hey, how you doing? You ready? Uh-huh. It's like, oh, it's yes. going to be like that. Mm. Uh-huh. But you, I mean, you, you made it through all of that and look at the success that you are in one million different categories. So <laughs> that's kind of- I know we don't have like all the time in the world to talk today. So I was like, what are the things that I'm going to focus on? So like this podcast is all about like living your lives to the fullest. And I think okay, great. part of that is, you know, making your dreams come true and what you call on your podcast and in your book, like this whole like hustling, yes. this, this whole idea of hustling. And you embody that and in, in this career that spanned like literally decades. Yeah. Um, but I want to start out and I want to ask you about, um, so you grew up in Indiana and you talk yes. about like your upbringing in, in the book and and how you you lived across from the church and like you, <laughs> I just love your mom like from these stories. She's Evelina, Evelina, Evelina. was yeah. like my fave in the yes. book. Uh, besides you, so you talk about um, how you always you know when growing up you were like Vivica was too hard to say. So I always said like oh just call me Angie. Kind mm-hmm. of thing. And it reminded me of like what so many of us do. We apologize for who we are right up front, like as soon yep. as we meet someone and make it easy for other people. Mm-hmm. And you decided like once you made your, you know, moved to Hollywood and, and stuff like that, that like I'm Vivica. Can you yes. talk a little bit about that and just like your thought behind that? Okay. Well, I have to give a casting director credit for that. I really wish that I could say, honey, no, all of a sudden I was Vivica, but it was not. Okay. Uh, but I remember going into an audition and she went to say my name and I could tell she was about to struggle. So instantly I wanted to make her comfortable and was like, no, 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 you can just call me Angie. She goes, but it says, how do you pronounce your name so dark? And I was like, it's Vivica. Um, And she says, that's a beautiful name. What's the problem with it? I said, well, growing up, they used to make fun of me and they would say Babika, Babisha, and no one could (laughs) pronounce it. So I just made people comfortable. And my middle name is Anjanetta. So my nickname, everybody called me Angie. And she says, I've got it. You should be Vivica A. Fox. Mm. So that whenever you go and you do do an audition, they'll say, bring in that girl that's a fox. (laughs) And it stuck. Bring in the, that girl that's a fox. The fox. Yeah, and 
you are. Yes. And so, you know, I mean, you know, I modeled before, so I was, you know, slightly attractive, you know, not to toot my own horn, but beep, beep. (laughs) Um, And and so it stuck. And, and, And everyone to that point, and I mean, I've got people that walk up and they do my whole name now. Mm-hmm. Vivica A. Fox. I actually went name. to dinner last night. Thank you. With a, uh, a girlfriend that I that I met on a plane. And she said, she told people, oh my gosh, um, when I go to California, I'm going to have drinks for Vivica Fox. She said a guy stopped her and was like, wait a minute. You mean Vivica A. Fox? <laughs> <laughs> so it. it worked. I love it. And it's yeah. such like a reminder. Whenever I read that part in the book, and that's like right in the beginning of it, I was like, I know I'm going to love this book because you were already addressing the things that like, we we stand in our own way and we don't just mm-hmm. own it like right out the gate and you you really kind of like owned it um once you got out of the gate like you you were kind of born out of the gate actually <laughs> <laughs> and you are it's such a good like lesson to us all and yeah. it's really a wonderful thing i feel like you're the you are the true like og of the lifestyle brand you <laughs> i'm going to go ahead and say on this podcast you did the lifestyle brand first like you mm. you you were the first person to say, okay, you were selling, like you were, you're talking about the wig selling, like selling in the book. Yes. And you were talking about how you went to them and you were like, no, 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 we got to sell them the lifestyle behind the wig. Yes. By the wigs. Yes. And they bought the dang wigs. Like, yes. Duh. Like you, um, and then I think you've, you've done that in your life, like in what you're doing now in, you know, all of this, you started, you know, using social media and utilizing it like for your brand and t- yes. behind the scenes and stuff like that yes. really early on. Okay. And well, can I tell you that I studied winners and guess who I studied and I got that from? Who? Uh, Puffy. P. Diddy. Oh, yeah. Sean. Okay, whoever we're calling him. Yes. Because. Yeah, whatever we're calling him. You know, uh, t- you know Puffy. He, he yeah. wakes up one oh, day. Yeah. He's like, no, I'm Diddy. No, I'm yeah. Sean Combs. But I love him for that. <laughs> um, but I I studied him. I studied Beyonce. I studied Jennifer Lopez. I love the whole rock star thing because yeah. they give you lifestyle and you escape through their videos and their brand and their music. Well, I'm an actress. So for me, I was like, okay, what are they doing if they're selling vodka, like Puffy. Mm-hmm. What makes his vodka so different that he can get everyone's attention? And it was because it was like, if you drink the vodka, you're going to feel like you're on a jet. If you drink this vodka, you're going to be dancing with hot chicks. If you drink <laughs> this, you're, you know what I mean? So yeah. that's what I had. And let me tell you something. That was not a hard, that was a very hard sell with my wig line people because they had before had been just used to the celebrities just be basically being the models. Yeah. And we had a couple of times where we bumped heads and I was just like, it has to be lifestyle. Please, yeah. we have to evolve. So that's why I always say to, uh, to young upcoming actors or to people when you're starting to become uh, very famous, notice what your brand delivers, who's selling it, who's, no, who's buying it, who's paying attention to it. And then how can you elevate it up to another level. Pay attention to your brand. And then once you figure out who the people are that love you and and, and want your brand to succeed, how to keep it going forward. Don't get comfortable and be like, okay, they're buying it. You've got to want them to look better, to keep coming back, to tell their friends about it. So I I actually got that from Puffy that I was like, yeah. 
I love, yeah, I loved that part of the, it's all very like tangible. So you use your life because you've, you've done all of this, but then you give these like very tangible. I even like how you have it laid out in the book, like the lessons, all yeah. the lessons are, are something different. So like, you know, as I was reading the book, I was like, oh my gosh, I want to talk about every lesson, but the lessons that really stood out to me, mm-hmm. um, you know, one of them wh- one of the big ones that I really love, and I love this about your career. So you go out to Hollywood and you have success kind of early on and you did like Fresh Prince and (laughs) you were like kind of crushing it early on. And you're like, Oh, I got this. Yes. Yeah. And then five movies back to back booty call. Yeah. You can play that game, set it off Independence Day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and then, but what, what was it? The big show that you were on? There was, and it wasn't like days. It was one of the big shows that you were on. Like it got canceled and you were like, oh, <gasps> out and all like, night with Patty LaBelle. Yes. Okay. I was devastated. And I love that story. So tell me about that story. Cause that, yes. it, it was around that time where you were like, uh, you know, this isn't guaranteed now here I am out here. And was that when you told your mom, no, 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 this was before you told your mom to stop sending you money because that like, you know, that was when I was, yes, it was too much of a pacifier for me because yes. I feel like, I loved that you know what I mean? That it's like, if your parents keep on sending you money, you're not going to work. You didn't yes. earn it. And so you at the potato palace. I oh. sure was. And the hot dog stand. Famous Ramus, honey. Famous Ramus potato palace and hot dog stand. I can make a mean baked potato and a good hot dog. And that's about all the cooking I'm going to do too. <laughs> <laughs> and tacos. Um, but no, um, I told my mother to stop sending me money because I wanted to be responsible for myself. And then I started landing uh, soap operas and things like that. And then I got the show with Patti LaBelle. Mm-hmm. And then after the soap operas is when I finally, because I used to wait on tables until literally I got started working five days a week because I used to make $2,000 a week on the weekend, honey. I was like, oh, yes, I these know, are some good tips. You, you right. Know okay. That. I, I know the story. Okay. <laughs> I know. So anyway, so then by then I had gotten a contract and I was an actress. Then I almost went kind of broke and then I got out all night and then I started making good money again and then we got canceled. And it was like after one of the best shows, like I just knew when we came in the next morning, everyone was going to be like, yes, you know, possibly pick up, you know, more shows. This is going amazing. They're like, you're canceled. And I cried a river. I cried so much. Patty LaBelle was like, baby, <laughs> there will be a tomorrow. But oh, I, oh, I was devastated because I think I had did a couple of other pilots that didn't get picked up. So it was like always going back to the freaking drawing board yeah. and starting over and having to audition. And that process, I remember having two, three auditions in a day, honey, mm. changing in the back of my car, stopping at McDonald's, changing in the restroom. Like I hustled to make it. I really did. Yeah. You know, putting on uh, eyeliner, driving. Luckily, I didn't crash into no damn body. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky. Yeah. But all that hustle. Yeah. Paid off because I am where I am now, you know? Yeah. Is that the lesson then? Like, so when you have had some early success, because I think a lot of people, they, they always assume like, oh, you get the success and then it's kind of like you've, you're to the dream and then it's uphill. But a lot of times it's like up and It's down. a roller coaster ride. So what do you think it was that helped you to push through that and not be like, I'm going back to Indiana. This isn't for me. Like this must not be God's plan or my plan or whoever's plan. What kept you going? Like what, what kept that hustle in you? I love what I do. Mm. I love what I do. And I guess 
No, I'm not a guess. I hate when I do that because um, I have to learn my, to teach myself that. I know. I know with me that it was like, this is the career that I chose and I'm going to win. I'm not going to give up. I'm a fighter and I'm going to keep knocking on the doors. And when it's my turn, and also I had really good people in my life, like my acting coach back in the day who I met when I did Generations of Soap Opera. She used to always tell me, Sheila Wills, I love her to this day. As a matter of fact, one of my godchildren is her daughter, India. And so Quinny's my god baby. So we're still connected. She we we met when I did generations and she was the only older actress that embraced me. And that's why I always embrace young actresses and actors. I never ever want them to work with me and I don't help them to be their best. Yeah. So anyway, Sheila always told me, she says, you know, let me tell you something, because generations got canceled, the soap opera. And she says, okay, Bib, gotta stay ready. She says, because you're you got people talking about you. She says, so if you don't stay ready and you get an audition and you're not ready, you cannot blame anyone but yourself. Mm. And I never forgot that. So I always felt that, okay, something ended. Okay, what's next? Back to the drawing board. Yeah. Um, and you just keep going forward and consider that a blessing and an opportunity. And you never know who that you worked with or who saw you working will hire you for the next job. That's such, such good advice, such good, the stay ready piece of it. And the, like, you knew that was what you were meant to do. You didn't mm-hmm. take that as a, well, you know, I had a good run and what you're saying too now, because this is, this permeates through your book. It permeates through your career. It's in your podcast. This, like you always honor the people that are around you. You're not, you, you made it to the very top. And I truly feel like you embody that, that aspect of a celebrity that, you know, when you meet the celebrities, they say never meet your heroes, but then you meet the ones that are just like the most gracious, beautiful, like humble people. Mm -hmm. That is what you seem like to me. And I know I was was, uh, reading the chapter in the book about like that you were on the set with Tom Cruise um, in the movie. (laughs) Born on the 4th of July. Yeah. He was uh, walking by you and you didn't even recognize that it was him. And he came up to you and he introduced himself and yes. so kind to you. And like, you realized that it, who it was. And you're like, is that Tom Cruise? Yeah. And he turned back and looked at me with those beautiful blue eyes and was like, yeah. And I had been, and I'd been doing the scene with them, but I was so focused on, cause I played a hooker. So. Yeah. <laughs> a lady of the night. Yes. And I was so focused on doing that role and pleasing Oliver Stone that I didn't even realize that I was, you know, with Tom Cruise, but I never forgot that. And that he walked up and he looked me right in my eyes and was like, so, and then also Pam Greer, Pam Greer was influential in my life as well too. I named my production company after her Mm -hmm. and I got a chance to interview her and she taught me a very valuable lesson because she was so kind and gracious. And I boohooed like the whole time. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm in for Pam Greer. Oh my God, girl, Foxy Brown. And she was like, I said, you're so nice. And she says, and it's what you're supposed to be to the next generation of actresses. And I never forgot that. She says, as I pass this to you, it's your job to then pass it on to someone else. And so I I just, you know, I've been very fortunate. I've met a couple of not so nice folks, but overall I've been very blessed to work with some of the most amazing people. 
Yeah. I, I think you say like, you can be humble and confident at the same time. I think that's a line. Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. It's such a beautiful line because you're so confident. And sometimes like confidence, it scares people. They're like, it oh, does. she must, she's not going to be approachable because she's so confident. But the fact that you married those two together, like yeah. being, humility and confidence was really cool. And I really loved that in the book. And Well, it's just unfortunate for women that as a guy, you're like, oh God, he's cocky. He's so hot. Yeah. A woman, she's true? she's so confident. Oh my God. I mean, she's intimidating. It, exactly. Or you see what I'm saying? Too much of herself. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. heck yeah. Dude. Yeah. A- I, I see it every day. Yeah. It's um that I, I really loved that part. And it's such a, a testament too to you always say. It, like I always hear you say, it's it's in the book, everything, surround yourself with good people. And that's something yes. that I always say too. I think that that is the most important thing that you can do is surround yes. yourself with good people. And I love the stories you get vulnerable in the book and you talk about mm-hmm. how you had some success and you were like out at the clubs and you were like having the best time and you looked around and you realized these people aren't hustlers. Like they're, they're not hustling. They're not doing what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And you kind of made a change. And I think that's where you, you this fascinating life. I'm going to say this line and you're going to be like, what? That's where you moved to New York and lived in Prince's apartment. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I was actually living in Hell's Kitchen when I first moved to New York. Oh, yeah. Hell's Kitchen. Yes. And Prince's girlfriend at the time, Jill Jones, who was in the video 1999 with the blonde hair, came over and we had lunch and she met me. I had just moved to New York and she's, where do you live at? And she came to meet me. She goes, Oh my God. I was like, I know, isn't it awful? <laughs> and she said, well, listen, if you you want, I've got a big house, a uh, town home, not townhouse. It was like a penthouse, excuse uh-huh. me. Uh-huh. And if you want to come stay there, if you just maybe help take care of my dogs, when I go out of town and I got to go on the road, you can share with me. I was like, Oh my God. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> and I took care of her little dogs, her little two white Maltese. And, uh, but then when she moved out of there, honey, I was like, oh, I'm not going back to struggling in New York. Forget about it. Mm. And then I moved back to California. And then next thing you know, three months later, I got an an agent and I've been working ever since. Been working ever since. What a, what a beautiful nutshell of a story. (laughs) And, and I, you know, I, 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 everyone has to read the book. I could talk about the book like this entire time, mm-hmm. but, um, I but do get the book. It's called Vivica's. It's called Every Day I'm Hustling by Vivica A. Fox. Yep. And uh, it's available in hard book and paperback and audio. And audio is my favorite way to listen to it because I love your voice. Oh, and you. I love the way that you read it. And like, you'll say a line and you like laugh after the line. And it's just like, <laughs> it's like being in a room with you. And it's so great. And that's why I think you translate so well into podcasting because you have a beautiful, like, you know, face and career and everything, but like your voice and like the way that you speak, I, I, it's, just, mm. it's perfect for podcasting. So mm. I was looking at your podcast lineup. You've got like Tina Knowles. You've got, uh, which one came out? Oh what my gosh. Out? Tiffany Haddish was just on. Oh, no, I want to talk about that one. That was great. Coming up, I've got Tommy Johnny Davison, Dondre, yes. Johnny Gills coming up tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dondre Whitfield, Tika Sumter, Chelsea Gray, because I'm a huge sponsor of the WNBA and the LA Sparks. I've been a sponsor. I'm hugely involved yeah. with women's sports because growing up, I played volley- volleyball, basketball, track, and I was a cheerleader. Uh-huh. So I'm and heavily involved. It wrestled with your brothers like I did too. I was going to 
connected to that part of your story. <laughs> yeah. So I'm always about trying to bring awareness to women's sports and then with equal pay and getting as much exposure as the guys I love do. That. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's really awesome. The, one of the many things that you do um, for the good of the world and other people, I mean, the list goes on and on with all of your philanthropic endeavors and yes. your, I mean, you truly... You are it. I'm telling you. Well, my mama taught me to give back. She said, you can't always just take. You also have to give back. So I think I got that big old heart from my mom. My mom, she tries to take care of everybody, uh-huh, you know. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And you lo- I loved the the part, I think it was on a podcast or something, where you guys went back and you filmed something in your hometown. And one of the production people was like, why you had your mom living in the same house? And you were like, she bought that house. She wanted to stay in that mm-hmm. house. Was such a, it, that shows me in the, like who your mom is. Like sometimes yep. in your story, I hear just because so many valuable lessons from your mother. Yeah. Well, you know, because I tried to move her into a bigger house. Like, mom, come on, I can get you a big house. And she goes, but this is my house. I bought it. Yeah. And she had yeah. divorced from my father. And it was like, no, this was her, this was her mark mm-hmm. of her independence. Yeah. So I, I left her alone, but I've remodeled it a whole bunch of times. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, um, and speaking of that, because I know that your mom was divorced from your dad and you had you you were married in 19, 1999 to 2002 or something. And I love what you, you talk a lot about that, you know, in the book. Mm-hmm. And, and you're very open about don't do something because everyone else is doing it. Yep. You knew you weren't meant to be in that marriage. Marriage. You just yeah. felt like that was the next thing to do. And I think yes. a lot of I always get messages from people and, and from people that can't exist in their single life without yep. just hoping, hoping, hoping. Like I'm just waiting for that person to come along and then my life is going to be fantastic. And you have so much amazing uh, advice on this. So can you speak a little bit to that? Um, yes. I got married, uh, gosh, over 20-something years ago. I had my whole Cinderella moment. Uh, everyone was getting married at the time. And I just was like, okay, I've got a career. This is what's next. I'm supposed to be next. Supposed to be next. I'm supposed to get married, have kids, da 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 And I didn't take the time to get to know my husband. And like when we broke up, that was the one thing that I made sure that I stressed to him and everyone else and publicly. I don't hate him. I just, we weren't meant to be together yeah. that, you know, the, it, I fell out of love mm-hmm. and, um, I just, it, it was, I, I, we had the house, we had everything. I just wasn't happy. Yeah. And so I'm the kind of person, I just don't believe being in a relationship to say, I've got a husband or I got a man. Um, I had to be happy with myself yep. and, um, and I did when I when I got out of the marriage, it was like a whole new chapter uh, yeah. for me. And I wish that, you know, I, I'd still love to get married again, but I'm looking for a good partner first. Yeah. I'm not going to just be like, and I'm okay with being alone because I figure if you can't love being with yourself, then you're not going to invite a good partner that's going to make you all happy together. Heck to the yes. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Okay. Yes. So that's yes. what I yes. share with people. Like, uh-huh. you know, don't just feel like I got to have a boyfriend or I got to have a girlfriend that you got to be with someone who completes you, yep. who makes you happy, who makes you smile, who's a good person partner and got their own job and their own career, you know, because as women, we have a tendency to nurture people too damn much and not ourselves. So I've lately been doing all my nurturing for myself and I've 
I, I'm a, I, somebody gave me a word the other day and it's when you're self-partnering. That's it. I think that is self-partnering. self-partnering. I yes. Know. I love self-partnering. I love that. That's a good one. I'm like, oh, me and Bibba could get along real good, honey. We go shopping. We go in the pool. We have girls days. We decide. That. Yeah. So, I yeah. That. I yeah. love that. And I want to, you know, I want to, because you were just talking about the Tiffany Haddish podcast and yes. I actually listened to it twice. Oh. And in the middle of, uh, in the podcast, you say, and I've heard you say um, also, you know, with some other things that with this new movement, with the Black yes. Lives Matter and the, you know, this this movement, you said you've seen a lot of these movements and this yes. one feels different. Yes. And you guys were talking about that and you said it feels different because of this, you know, the camera, the camera doesn't yes. lie and yeah. people are starting to see things. It's not just you're saying. Can you just talk about that? Because you've sure. been in, and, and this is like, you know, I, whenever this happened, me as a, per, as a white woman, it, it's really, I was scared to say something in mm. fear of saying something incorrectly in the beginning. Yeah. And then I realized, heck no, like yeah. I'm just going to put myself out there and I'm going to read the books and listen. And, and, and it's like, whoa, yeah. my eyes were so totally opened and I yeah. felt so like guilty and like almost like stupid that I didn't even realize, you know, mm-hmm. or no, still going on to this degree. Yeah. Um, you know, I want to talk a, just a little sure. bit. You know, why, why to you does this movement seem different? Well, to watch a man um, actually be murdered in front of your eyes uh, and to watch the degree that he begged for his life. And, and the hardest part of it was at the end when he said, I want my mama. They just killed me. You know, it just, it broke your heart. And um, the absolute disregard that the policeman had for his life, that he's begging him that I, I, where, where was the compassion? Where was what, what was that? What made him so cold that he didn't realize? And he still had his knee on his neck when he was gone. Like he was unconscious, like he was gone. And he peed on himself. And did you realize that the stream of water was he had urinated on himself? And he was foaming at the mouth. Like it was awful to see. So anyway, uh, most of the time we hear about police brutality. And then the policeman can write up their report. And then they go to trial. And because they're the, the, the jury is their peers. That's why they normally get off. Well, this time, because it was videotaped and you saw it. Yeah. And then also you saw um, the other three policemen also not do anything. Yeah. And they were of different nationalities. There's an Asian, there was a yeah. black guy, and then there was a young, another white guy. So I think that everybody kind of went, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. This is about a little bit more than just race. Yeah. That the police like, okay, what are we doing here? And then the main thing is that why, when it comes to when you're arresting African-American man, do you feel the level of that, that it, that it goes to death that you don't like, you see the difference yeah. the way when a white person's arrested, a black person's arrested. Yes, Let's just keep yeah, that real. Yeah. You know what I mean? You see yeah. it and you, the, the white people be turning around, cussing them out, doing, doing stuff. And the black guy, like, yeah. do you know that he, all this happened over a counterfeit $20 bill? I mean, it's just ridiculous. Like, it really is. Yeah. You know, like, come on. So uh, this time it's going to be different because everyone saw it. Yeah. And everyone kind of went, enough. Yeah. We cannot, we, this cannot continue. As we've seen, it's, it's just been 
the saddest. You wake up every day and like you're almost afraid to like. <sighs> Excuse me. No, it's okay. It's it's okay. I. You're almost like sad for our children. Yeah. And I think that that's what hurts me so much because I got six guy babies and three of them are boys. Mm -hmm. And to see that they're going to have to always look over their back when they get older and that someone may kill them for something so simple hurts. Yeah, I, I, I wrote I actually wrote down like when I was listening to the podcast. You cried in the pod. You and Tiffany both, you were so emotional in the podcast. And when yeah. you cried, I cried because I cried for, for one reason was just the fact that why is this still? Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, you're not, you don't have your own children, but I could, I could feel that for your godchildren. They were like your children. And the fact yes. that you felt like they've always got to look over their shoulders. But yeah. I, Oh, or you have to have fear for them when they're in the street yeah. if they're pulled over by a policeman yeah. that they may find a reason to yeah. take their lives yeah. over something so simple. So, um, But we educate our boys. We sit down, we talk to them. It's made us all have conversations with each other that are difficult, that sometimes we like to sweep under the rug and not talk about that. You know, there is racism and that people will judge you, but it's real. We can't, we can't say, no, it'll be okay. We have to talk about it. Well, and I we also have to educate it. each other. Yeah. I was you know, say, I'm, I'm so glad with the, with the presence of social media, it's, it's gotten so much bigger this yes. time. And I appreciate, thank you for your vulnerability always. And your that's okay, sweetheart. But I'm going to tell you, I love to see peaceful protesting. I'm not down with those people robbing and, and, and burning down their neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. I think that that's ignorant and that's not the way to get things solved. Yeah. And that's yes. a difference between a protester and a looter. Yes. And I, okay. and I like too, like how you, um, you also were talking about differentiating with you and Tiffany were talking about this, about the defund the police. Because I remember when I first heard that, I was like, what? Mm -hmm. Like defund the police. I thought that it meant like doing away no with police. police. No. And no. I was like, there are still criminals. Like you said, like there are criminals and we need the police. But absolutely, when you guys went further and you talked about how much more training was in the the in Germany country yes and how you know we could bring in some training with the police in the United States about dealing with people of different cultures and yes and and when you guys explained that like you were one of, it was one of the first things that I listened to when all this came out because everyone was like go and educate yourself listen to these things and and hear this community speaking about this and I learned a lot from it and mm -hmm. so I liked what you said because you you even said you were like that's not what it that's not what it's about yeah. it's not about not having police it's about like reforming it and making yes. it for everyone. Yes. For every community. Yes. And just, I believe that they need more training. You know what I mean? Like those four men that were involved in the George Floyd killing. I mean, like, were they like in their mid thirties? Mm -hmm. They're, they're, they're young men themselves, you know? And so, you know, I just believe like in life, like I'm a woman that's in my fifties now and I have so much more grace, patience, yeah. um, understanding that, you know, experience is needed. You can't just throw some youngster and put a gun in his hand yeah. and give him power 
it's going to get abused. And we've seen that. So I just believe that there's more training needs. So that's what I mean when I say defund. Basically, I want reform the police so that there's more training and more understanding so that we don't have, because on the side of a police guard says to protect and serve. That's changed. Yeah. Mm. That's changed. Yeah. So, and, but we need to go back to that, that that is what it should be is to protect and serve. So, and, and like talking about training the police officers a little bit different, like, so for what, for, for us, for Mm -hmm. the people who want to do much more than just post solidarity Mm -hmm. in an Instagram square uh, and who want to raise children who are, who are so much better at this than generations before. Um, What advice do you have? Um, And specifically, like, what advice, like, you're a godmother. Like, what advice do you have in bringing up children in a way, in a a much kinder world with all of this racial inequality? Children aren't taught. Children, they're, they're not. If you look at little kids, they don't judge each other because of skin it's 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 what they feel do i want to get that that to be my friend hate is taught so we've got to teach each other to appreciate each other other and our differences that it's okay that if you go home and your family is white and you may be raised differently than me your religion may be different than me but what is in the content of your heart and are you a good person it's okay for us to be different if we were all the same it'd be boring so we all have to learn to appreciate appreciate each other for our differences celebrate our differences because it's what makes the world go around and just teach each other more love more compassion more understanding and also if you don't like something you don't have to be a part of it yeah And so, you know what I mean? Like when you see these people and I see them in the street and stop it with this damn rewarding bad behavior. I cannot stand these people. You know what I'm saying? You know, and I get it that we have our dramas and this and the third, but I just think that we're in an era of just rewarding bad behavior. Like, oh my God, that that makes that so cool. No, it doesn't. Because children have got to learn that at a certain point of your life when you grow up, you have to be responsible because then you're going to have a family. And then- you just have to watch what you do. Be accountable for your actions and, and, and know that love will win and spread love, not hate. Love will win. Spread love, not hate. Yep. And I put love wins every day on my, when I do my post, I'm always like my grind don't stop legitimate career, love wins, (laughs) boss moves, classic bad chick. (laughs) I mean those, damn it. I mean it. I mean it. I own it. I try to live it. You you do live it. Thank you. And I, um, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to talk to me about your beautiful career in Hollywood and all this amazing uh, advice that you have given to us in the book, but especially like for this conversation too, because yes. it's a hard one to have, but it's one that like I want to bring to my community because I want us all to do better. Mm-hmm. And yes. I, I just really appreciate you um, mm-hmm. going there w- with me too. And, and um, just taking the time because you you are just it. You are just, uh, you, you embody so much of what success looks like and uh, what it like looks like to be super humble and, (laughs) 
and beautiful in success. So um, thanks, Vivica. I really- and I just have to finish out for us. Hashtag girl power. Hashtag girl power. Power, yeah. <laughs> stay beautiful. Stay happy. So much, you too. Keep living, keep loving, keep laughing, okay? Okay, you too. Thanks so All much, right. Vivica. All right, be good to you. All right. All right, sweetheart. Bye. Thanks for joining us on Living Fully with Mallory Irvin. And remember to subscribe so you don't miss a single minute of encouragement and inspiration to live your best life. Want more? Join us on MalloryIrvin.com so we can connect with you on Instagram and YouTube. Start living your life now. You've only got one. We'll see you next time.